Welcome to Virtually Amazing, the podcast for virtual assistants with me, Shelley Fischel of Tomorrow's VA and Joe Brianti of JLB Support Solutions. In each episode, we'll chat about what we're up to and bring you fantastic interviews with guest experts, as well as our app of the month and top tips, all aimed at helping you to grow your VA business. So grab a cuppa, sit back and join us for a fun-filled hour. Hello, Joe. Another episode. We're up to episode five. Can you believe it? It's brilliant. It's been so inspirational. Such amazing people we're talking to. It's yes, great. It's, it's really, really lovely. And we're also learning as we go, as our listeners will appreciate. Yes. We're learning how the whole podcasting, um, uh, oh, I don't know what to call it, the environment works. So yes. we've got to record it and then we've got to edit it. And we've got to get a transcript and highlights and show notes and oh, so many things. But it's great fun. And, and uh, as I was talking to a friend yesterday who was showing me something online, um, that we were doing, we both agreed that a day without learning would be a very boring day. I don't exactly. Know your philosophy. No, every day is a learning day. Um, you know, the day you stop learning is the day you just have to give up, really. You know, and, and it doesn't have to be from a work or a, a business perspective. You know, every day you experience something new while you're walking the dog, you're doing something with the kids, you're cooking a new recipe. It's it's all about new skills and new learning. Yeah. And talking about doing things with the kids, that leads me on to something I wanted to ask you about, because obviously, as our listeners know, we're recording this during the COVID crisis pandemic. And uh, many VAs and many other people that I know of, but we are talking to VAs specifically, yeah. are homeschooling their kids and having to juggle that with yeah. getting the work they've still got done. And I know some people are busier than they were. Some people are less busy. Some people are yeah. worried. Some people are not so worried. Um, but I know that you've got twin boys, Yeah. which to me seems, you know, I've got three kids. They're all grown up and are now a grandmother. But the idea of having twins um, never did it for me. But if it <laughs> happened, it would have happened. Um, but um, how do you cope with or how are you managing that kind of homeschooling and juggling work? Thing. Um, I'm very fortunate. My twin boys are 12. Um, they're getting a little more self-sufficient. Um, the school have been absolutely amazing. Um, every week I get an email from the school which outlines the activities for the children for the week um, and a precy of the types of work that's going to be loaded. Now, some weeks, all the work is loaded sort of Sunday afternoon, Monday, first thing. And there are some teachers that are loading it on the day the lesson would have been scheduled. And the children have given target dates to achieve in exactly the same way as they would with their homework pre-COVID. Um, they each have their own laptops and we're offering support when they get stuck or when they feel challenged we're enabling them um, to have access to the teachers um, they can have sort of sessions with the teachers through google classroom but also there are email addresses where the school have given us if they need additional support so we're just being there and providing the support um, they're like all of us as adults they're having days where they're finding a, a real struggle they're missing their friends they want to be back 
in that structured environment. Um, but generally speaking, you know, we're not doing too bad. I think, you know, I spoke to somebody the other day who has three children under five. Can you imagine that? Oh, yeah, well, I can. My, my, yeah. my kids have got five children under the age of eight. Yes, and, yes. Yeah, I can imagine that. Three children under five. Um, she's homeschooling of a fashion with some of them, you know, at that age. And she's trying to keep on, on, on top of her business. Um, and I know that what her way of coping was to take on an associate who was supporting her because she just cannot be available. And whereas I might do some work in the evening if I've taken some time out in the day to support my children, she's finding it so difficult to do that because she's exhausted you yeah. know with, with three children and doing all that stuff and and you know so we're just muddling through it must be difficult for you because i know you love to be baking and being with your family and having those large family sort of round the table events don't you i do we we, we often entertain we entertain friends here where we are our family don't live local we've got one in america one in in, in, in England, um, we have a son here, and they come to us for the weekend every so often. So yeah, we are, we haven't seen them since the beginning of February, and uh, we are, we are missing them. But you know, everybody's got something going yes, on. Yes, absolutely. Them. And we count our blessings that we live in a nice apartment, we have a sea view, the weather here is lovely now, and um, we're really, really fortunate. And, and both my husband and I work remotely anyway, we both work online. So from a work perspective, nothing has really changed for us. In fact, I'm a bit, bit busier than I was before because I'm recording different courses to help people get through this um, and, and, and train or learn or use different systems. So, so it, it's all that. But that kind of idea of managing our time and juggling things leads us nicely into our guest this week who is the wonderful Kathy Salisbury. And Kathy is a brilliant VA, and we're gonna be talking to her about how she manages her time and her team, uh, yeah. and what techniques she uses to manage her day. And then once, we, we, once Kathy has gone, when we come back at the end, we're gonna talk about our, how we use and what techniques we use to manage our time. So I think it's time now to go and let Kathy come in. So we'll see you or you'll hear from us in just a moment. Welcome, Kathy, to um, Virtually Amazing, the podcast. It's so great to have you with us. I'm, I'm thrilled. And uh, I know that I've, know, I, I've met you in person, I think, only once, but we've been, I've been following you on social media for a while. And I know that you and Joe know each other. Um, how do you know each other? Um, we first met at a networking um, opportunity at, now it was either the PA show or something, and it was at Olympia Donkeys. Donkeys. I'm glad you can remember. I'm racking my brains going, I don't know, but it's been a really, really long time, hasn't it? Yes. Yeah. And we, we have, a, have a shared love of border collies. Yes. <laughs> That's lovely. They are such beautiful animals, aren't they? They do look gorgeous. I, I, we don't have a dog. My husband doesn't like dogs, so we've never been able to have a dog. So that's a shame. But I suspect there are moments when Kathy wishes she didn't have a dog. 
Yes. Okay. So, Kathy, thanks, thanks again for joining us, and uh, and we we wanted to to theme this this episode around time management because you are a brilliant manager of getting lots of things done. I, I've read your bio, and I kind of don't what can't work out how you managed to do all those things and multitask so well. So, if you've got any tips for aspiring VAs, current VAs. Anybody working really that, that wants to improve the way they get stuff done? Yeah, I think it's, it's not necessarily about getting more done, it's about getting the right things done. So for me, it involves putting a little bit of time in up front. Usually I plan my day the night before or kind of before I leave my desk. Yeah. So I think about what's the most important thing I need to get done, which isn't necessarily the same as the most urgent thing. That needs to get done um, and sometimes you know it's really easy even though I have written down right these are the three things I have to get done today then I open my inboxes and if you're not paying attention before you know it you can suddenly end up in, especially as a diary manager you can end up in a world of well I'll just do that and I'll just do that and then you get to the end of the day and you go, oh, I only had three really important things to get done today didn't manage any of them so I think me it's a bit about planning and it's about knowing what those things are that's kind of the first battle you know what, what are those things that are vital that can't be left to the next day yeah and um, a colleague that i've just um starting to work with is a, a gentleman in australia um called uh, stuart snooks great name and uh, he's a productivity guru type person over there and he says that we shouldn't start our day in our inbox at all we should start with our calendar mm. So the first thing to look at is look at your calendar before you, because that's your agenda, whereas your inbox is everybody else's agenda. I love that analogy. I love yeah. that. Very true. Yeah, I, um, I use a planner, so I, I, am, I am quite techie, but I actually use a, a hard copy planner, so it's not a current planner. And I actually plan my day, so I don't know if you can see that. Oh, wow. Actually, my day. Um, so I would start by looking at that before I touch the computer, just to remind myself of what the plan is. Yeah, Joe, what do you do? Do you have a similar way of working, or um, I, I, um, I don't have a, a written planner. I've spent quite a lot of money on beautiful planners, <laughs> and um, a few over there. Yeah. They're not used. I never use them. Um, I live in my Outlook inbox and I am one of those who I, I've got coloured. I, I know where I can look at my calendar and I know exactly how much networking I'm doing, how much client work I'm doing and how much learning or, or whatever the other topics are. And then I've got um, because I overlay that with a family calendar. I know that, for example, anything that's in green is to do with kids. Um, and I know this and then I once a week have a brain dump of all the stuff that's going on in my head and the stuff that goes from the written list then is put into tasks and slots are booked into the diary and those then get juggled around dependent upon the priority um, for the day or the week um, but they don't go into the calendar 
unless they go onto that priority list because you can have hundreds and hundreds of things swimming around in your head what with managing your clients and your reports and your proposals and the, and just the life management on top of running your business i mean i even have a slot in mine that's listed martha walkies uh, because i i then have a, a, a slot in my diary where that's her allocated time so it, yeah. it enables you to manage um the time that you have yeah kathy yeah. i know from from uh, from your bio you 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 exported shellfish yes which is fantastic because of all the most random jobs right yeah um, what did that entail i'm fascinated so i was pa to the sales director of lock fine oysters so you may have come across the restaurant chain yeah uh, lock fine restaurants lock fine restaurants were started by lock fine oysters and then eventually they were sold off and they became a yeah. separate entity and now i believe they're very very separate at the time i worked for them they were sort of joined um so i was his pa but i also did quite a lot of sales stuff you know small business you do a bit of everything so i helped account manage the restaurant chain and at one point i was also helping do the exporting sales so i sent herrings to uruguay 100 kilos of herrings to uruguay Ooh. a lot of smoked salmon to america and um langoustines to italy and france so yeah it was it was quite a bizarre quite a bizarre <laughs> role <laughs> you didn't have to get your hands dirty though i hope happily not but weirdly i really don't like fish so when i took the job i did at the interview go just thought i'd mention it they don't really eat fish let alone shellfish is this going to be an issue <laughs> and uh, it turns out one of their big clients was british airways and the buyer for gate gourmet who provided um, the kind of in-flight meals for british airways at the time she didn't eat fish either you know she's the fish buyer for british airways who doesn't eat fish so um okay so clearly this is a thing by the time i left i had mellowed a bit and i would even i used to do trips up to the loft with um chefs and other people and we would stand in the boat and i would eat oysters from the shore just out of the water which is very brave because a lot of people don't eat oysters at all no. uh, but i will do oysters now That's very brave very i still brave. don't do prawns <laughs> Well, I don't eat shellfish at all because they're not kosher, um, so I don't eat them at all. But it's really interesting because when I first became a freelance trainer, when I left my corporate, well, when I worked for a training company, um, I set up a shellfish training because it's a hybrid of Shelley and Fischl. So oh. I was called shellfish training and I, I had a couple of anecdotes around it which are quite funny. So one day I was at a, a trade show, a computer show, and there was a... Um, for the FileMaker databases, which I used to teach. And the guy who was the rep for South of England, um, he said, I have this image whenever I hear shellfish training of all these little shellfish with like balancing balls on their head. And, <laughs> and one day, um, Barclays Bank were doing, um, at the time I was with Barclays, and they were doing the customer satisfaction survey. Unfortunately, I wasn't very satisfied on that particular day. So I answered all the questions. Normally I would have said I'm not interested because I wanted to say my piece at the end. And I did. And at the end of it, the lady said to me, You're, can I ask you another question? It's nothing to do with the survey. So I said, yes, of course. So she said, well, you're called shellfish training. She said, does that mean you train shellfish? <laughs> That's oh, my favorite, 
that's my favorite one but um, yeah seating seating plan table plans for 150 cover restaurants as well I mean that's some level of organization I'm always fascinated when I go into a restaurant and I watch them place people and take all the bookings and yeah. overbook and you do usually overbook on a Saturday and you you have that slight level of adrenaline that goes with knowing that you're pushing your luck, but it might all work. It's, it's good fun. I was, um, there are different ways of booking out a restaurant and these days it's probably all done online, but back yeah. in the olden days we had, you know, an actual diary. That's and right. We yeah. used to, um, um, the most sensible restaurant I worked in, I was taught a system whereby you divide up the number of covers by the slots, and you stagger it that way so the kitchen isn't overwhelmed. Uh, but I helped um, in a new restaurant that opened and they didn't have such a system. They basically just said, well, we just do it by table. So if that table is empty, you can write something in there. But of course, everybody wants to come in at eight o'clock. So we had a hundred people sit down between eight and a quarter past eight. And funnily enough, it went horribly wrong. <laughs> <laughs> did they change their <laughs> I went in on I think I started there on the Thursday and I looked at the diary for the week and I looked at Saturday and went really are you sure about this oh yes okay this is going to be a car crash you know that right and we knew it but there was nothing we could do about it it, it, it was what it was there was um, I spent an awful lot of time apologizing to people that evening <laughs> because the kitchen was bombed and you know, you can't serve that number of people in that space of time. It's insane. So, yeah, um, yeah it's good fun. But, you know, um, I went on to work for a customer relations company, which um, is complaints by another nice term. And everyone went, oh, if you're working complaints, that must be awful. So, well, no one's throwing garlic bread at my head, right? I used to work in a restaurant. If things went wrong, you knew about it. You're standing yeah. in front of somebody with them you know, waving cold scampi at you. Uh, compared to that, working in an office is, you know, Easy, easy. <laughs> Even talking to people on the phone, you can hang up a phone. Much harder to physically remove okay. people from a building. What sort of techniques do you use through the day in order to manage the workload and, and manage the work that you do and balance your own business versus all the different clients and, and the team management? And how do you manage that across the day? So I, I time block. So um, my diary that I showed you, I will block out time. So I'll block a specific time for specific clients or specific tasks. So, you know, if I know that I need to do my invoicing or I need to spend some time catching up with the team, then I'll block that in. Um, so my overall task management system, I use um, Todoist and that just captures everything. That's my brain dump, if you like, because there are some things that's not really worth writing down on a bit of paper. So I will block half an hour to work on an ex-client. And when I'm logged into that, then I'll go and check what the tasks are against that rather than write down every single task because that's not yeah. very time effective, really. So, yeah, time blocking. Um, if, if my life is going to pot and I'm drowning, I'll use the Pomodoro technique. That's one of my favourites. Um, and time blocking works quite nicely with that as well. Yeah. So that is just... Um, so excuse my cat's tail wandering past me. The minute I get on a Zoom call, it's like he has to join in. Um, start. So yeah, Pomodoro technique is dead easy. You just literally start a timer. 25 minutes is the usual time. And But the, the vital thing about it 
is that you turn off all other distractions. Mm. So you focus on that one task and you focus absolutely. So you ignore your phone, preferably put it in a different room. Um, there's been loads of studies that show that even a switched off phone that's in your eye line causes you to be distracted from a task. So preferably different room and you know turn off your slack pings your email pings your you know, there are so many different ways people can get in touch with us which is in one way wonderful and another way drives me mad you know some mornings i just sit there and there's things dinging from everywhere i'm just to start so turn off all of that focus for 25 minutes then the buzzer goes off you have a little break for five maybe check your emails check your messages um and go put the washing out whatever uh, and then start again so that it helps me if I'm if I'm struggling to focus, which um, you know we all do from time to time, either because we've just got too much to do, so your brain's exploding, or actually, in some cases, and particularly at the moment, haven't actually got enough to do. So you haven't got that real pressure of too much work that gets the adrenaline flowing, that gets you motivated. Yeah. Um, actually, that can be you know people who like being busy can find being a little bit quiet, and I know I'm one of them quite challenging so for me that buzzer acts as a little bit of motivation and um pressure so yeah they're my they're my favorite ways yeah i use an app called focus at will um which is plays brain music and ah. set a timer for it and uh, so you can set 20 minutes to five minutes 40 minutes i found 40 minutes actually is a good time for me and less than that i haven't got through what i need to get through often I'm planning training courses and writing things that I'm going to deliver. So 25 minutes actually doesn't work for me, but 40 minutes does. And so I set the music and it, I've, I've, it's got all sorts of genres. You can find the one that works for your brain. And I listen to classical piano music, but it's not classical piano music that you know. It's been specifically written for this purpose. Oh, wow. There are a few tunes that I now know are repeated because I recognize them. Um, but they really, I don't, there's something about the rhythm of your brain. It really kind of, you would think the music would distract, but it enhances. So that's, that's what I use when I really need to focus. If I'm not recording or speaking, obviously. So if, it, if it's written stuff. But, uh, but I'm interested in your book. Oh, yeah. Your book. Um, I think it had, when I met you, I think you just published it. I met you with uh, with Charlotte Wibberley actually, who's going to be coming on in another episode, and uh, and I think you'd literally just published it, or it had been published not very long. So how was that process for you? It came about actually because I was a bit bored, and weirdly, running a, a VA business is challenging in many, many, many ways. But what I was finding was that the actual work I was doing wasn't particularly challenging, strangely. Um, and that was just at that time. You know, work varies and the type of work you do varies. But at that time, a lot of the work was possibly less mentally taxing than the type of things I was used to doing. Mm -hmm. uh, which is fine, you know, you, you take the work, you do the work. But sometimes, oh, essentially, it's not really stretching me very much. And it came out of that and it started as a series of blogs and then just expanded <laughs> it expanded and expanded um, and became a kind of, it's not, I don't describe it as a how-to, I describe it as a, are you sure you want to? That's probably the best way. Are you sure this is a good idea? Because a lot of people think that being freelance is brilliant. And my 
my last employed job was about as close to being a VA as you can be without being one. And I thought I knew roughly what I was letting myself into and I didn't have a clue. So uh, it was a, what's it really like? What, what are the worst things? What are the best things? And what to expect if you're, if you're thinking about this? That was, that was why and how it came about really. Hmm. It's really interesting. I, I've, I've, uh, I've, I've written a few tombs myself, tomes myself. I have one published book on Amazon. Um, when it just they do they t- and they they take a lot of work the physical writing. Mm. I've got loads of ebooks on a site called Bookboom, which are based which are how to books, um, which in a way are much easier to write because you've just got to tell people what steps are. Um, whereas when you're trying to convey something with a story, is it is a totally different ballgame. But I get what you say about being busy. I'm actually so busy I don't have enough hours in my day at the moment um because I'm creating courses but it, if I was a um, going out as a regular trainer at the moment all the a lot of my colleagues are seeing their work drying up because face-to-face is not happening how much work have, uh, has that has that affected you and just in case when this um, episode airs we're through corona we are recording it during um, kind of lockdown time so it's just to put it in context so how much has has dried up for you or slowed down rather i would say slow slowed down and dried up a little bit so i have two big clients who are both management consultants so mm. a lot of their business involves going out and they work for big big corporates yeah. who are always the first to tighten their belts uh and panic <laughs> when they when something happens so um they have been quite heavily affected one the contract ends today after a very happy six months and with this team of four of us on that or there were until today and the other one has dropped quite considerably so we normally it's probably down to i'd say a quarter of the hours and there's five of us on that one five five of us on that one um weirdly the clients that i deal with one-to-one are actually all exactly the same so they are fine um, a couple of them are online businesses and another one is coach and he's been able to with some support take his business pretty much virtual yeah. which um, has been brilliant so his diary is now full until the 12th of june which is just brilliant, brilliant. Um, with virtual sessions uh, so that for me booking all that in um and sorting out the invoicing and the back office and all that kind of stuff uh has kept me pretty busy. So there was a bit of a lull. Uh, I'm, I say that I'm only working mornings at the moment, which um, is quite weird actually, and nice. But that's mainly because I need, I'm perfectly capable of sitting at my desk for eight hours yeah. and only really working effectively for four of those. So I prefer to be at my desk for four hours, work like the clappers, and then stop. <laughs> it, yeah. it makes me more efficient. So uh, most of my clients have been really understanding when I've explained my my reasoning to them and said, you know, I'm just not very effective if I'm sitting about with not enough to do. So if I condense my day, um, actually, I think I'm probably being not that much less than I was before, which makes me wonder what I was doing with my time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so uh, typically um, I'm billing two, three hours a day at the moment. 
Um, normally that might be three, three and a half. Um, it used to be that my, my daily billable target was five hours. Uh, I did that and wrote a book at the same time, and I don't know how I'm alive, to be perfectly honest. Um, but <laughs> it's uh, since I've had teams to manage, my own hourly mm. um, availability has gone down quite a lot because that just takes up time. Yeah. And you have to, you know, either that gets squeezed into the margins, which isn't great because that's the bit I should be focusing on, or um, I accept that my own hourly billing is going to go down, which is fine. And it has. So, yeah, it's down a bit, but not as much as I feared it might be, which is amazing. Yeah, that, yeah. that's really good. That's really good. What are you finding, Joe? Are you finding it quieter? Are you um, yourself busy? At the beginning of the, the COVID period, I had three projects that um, have either deferred. One is cancelled completely because they are seriously at risk. They are a a business that cannot convert to online. Um, you know, you can't kind of do massage and, and beauty treatments um, via Zoom. Um, so that, that that kind of project that I had there has cancelled. And at the moment, it's indefinite because we don't know where that's going to go. Um, the others have deferred. Um, but I've, I've picked up a couple of other different pieces of work. So, for instance, yesterday I helped somebody set up a, um, a new newsletter campaign. They finally decided after sort of subtle elbows in the ribs from me for months that now would be the time to start nurturing relationships with prospects and clients. Um, so I helped them set up a newsletter. Um, I've done some work with Active Campaign and, and that sort of thing this morning. Um, and that was a brilliant challenge. So it, it swings in roundabouts. Some's gone, some's back, and, and some's new. And um, yeah, it's, uh, there's also the juggle with the, the dog, the children, the homeschooling, and the husband. <laughs> you know, and and he's, not a, he's not a work from home person. So that's an added level of, um, you know, Let's say challenge. Anxiety <laughs> is what springs to mind. Kathy, mm -hmm. um, Kathy, how do you um, how do you cope when you're not busy? Um, and do you have any tips? Now that was a bad question. I'll rephrase that. Um, I'm thinking thinking off the top of my head at the moment. Have you got any advice to VAs who would be listening? Um, who might be, we've got, we've got, we will have people all across the spectrum, new people, people experienced listening in for, for some advice. Do you have anything that you would say would be a good idea to start that way, that start as you mean to go on? Or is it that, that your systems will be very personal and will evolve with you over time? I think it's a bit of both. So I think you can definitely start as you mean to go on. And I see this a lot with clients, you know, they start off and they've got, you know, all their expenses sorted and everything's recorded and it's all perfect. And that's really easy when you're not very busy. But mm. as soon as you start to get busy, all that just completely falls by the wayside. So I think it's about having systems that will work for you while you're quiet that are not going to take over your life when you're busy but for for new people and for people that are quiet um I, I tell myself this when i'm not really between clients but when i'm in need of a new client and feel i ought to go out and do a bit more marketing and a bit more networking 
the problem with that as a task is that it's open-ended you know it's a bit like um you know there's never an end point to that you could never do enough mm-hmm. so you have to give yourself an end point and say at, when i've done x i consider myself satisfied and that might be a daily task of right i'm going to spend 15 minutes on linkedin just reading some posts liking and commenting on people's posts it doesn't have to be particularly technical but just something that's uh, got an endpoint so you know 15 minutes a day on linkedin has an endpoint yeah. and if you can tick that off and you say right i've done that that is my that is my bit for today if you just say i'm just going to do it going to do some marketing <laughs> on LinkedIn. it's not it's not specific enough it has to be a task with an end so that might be write a blog um i'm i'm notorious on my task list for writing draft because <laughs> i find writing can be quite challenging so if i give myself the challenge of doing a draft difficult email or a draft blog or a draft something i will do it knowing it doesn't have to be the finished thing because the next day i can revise it but just the fact that it says draft takes the pressure off me a bit to get it perfect. You know, I'm yeah. just doing a bit of a bodge job on it day one and then I'll make it better day two. But that gets you yeah. past that yeah. point yeah. of not wanting to do it. That's a really very, very good tip. <laughs> um, you know, it, sometimes it, it is just that whole mindset thing about I'm going to write a blog. You open a page in Word and that empty page is <laughs> just screaming, put something down. And the more you look at it, the more you think, I really don't know what to put. Yet 10 minutes earlier, before you started that task, you were brimming with ideas about the topic you you were going to cover. And it is that mental block that we put up for ourselves, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, expecting expecting that first task to be perfect. So I I will literally write draft email, draft blog, um, or brainstorm, you know, brainstorm, spend 15 minutes brainstorming blogs. And sometimes I will sit there with a blank piece of paper, but I'll make myself sit there for 15 minutes. Yeah. And if I can't come up with anything, fine. Today wasn't my day, but at least I've given it a go. It's that blank piece of paper thing. Yeah, I will just write any old rubbish if it comes to it. Just because once you're writing, then you're writing, aren't you? Yeah. And it's always easier to edit something than it is to start from scratch. So perfection is the best form of procrastination. Yes. I live by done is better than perfect. Yes. That's correct, yeah. I've learned from a very wise trainer friend. Um, because in the world of online courses, which is what I provide, you can always be improving them. I could add another lesson, or I could do it a different way, or I could do this. And they would never actually ever release a course yeah. and help people do what they yes. need to get done. So yeah, yeah for me, done is better than perfect. Yeah, so, yeah, that's uh, that that's that's really good. So, what do you? What's your big goal, Kathy? Have you got a big goal that you're happy to share with us? Not really at the moment. I might have had one, <laughs> but life's thrown a bit of a spanner in the works, really. So, I I do goals at the beginning of the year, and and then break them down into quarterly. But honestly, with um, everything that's happened on COVID, I haven't re jigs them to be realistic if that makes sense so I have just put a bit of a pin in them and gone let's let's think about that again in May um 
they may be the same they, they may be different but uh, at the moment I'm not stressing about them too much I focus on my daily goals whatever they may be and uh, occasionally weekly I'm feeling really daring and I um, I have I'm my one of my favorite things in the world as Joe will know is stationery all forms planners pens books you know one of my favorite things at the moment is stick on whiteboard so I have stick on whiteboard all over my house basically um, and I've done myself a stick on whiteboard for the current time in which uh, in my kitchen and it just says today I am grateful for today I am proud of myself because because at the moment um, we're all having up days and down days mm -hmm. and sometimes you forget what you've accomplished because you perhaps didn't accomplish everything that you set out to do for whatever reason you know sometimes we can't it relies on somebody else but then you think oh I didn't get to do that because you know the client bumped me to tomorrow or whatever reason it was you couldn't finish so I figure having yeah. a daily whiteboard saying I'm proud of myself because and I've not got anything particularly exciting. And one day last week, I had eight fruit. We're <laughs> 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 dealing with a low bar here sometimes. Yeah. Kathy, at the moment, it is just about all of us being thankful for something exactly. and getting through that day, whatever that day looks like. It, you know, there are moments when we're all feeling a little bit caged and... Um, uh, a little bit trapped by the, the the lockdown despite the fact that we understand and we uh, you know are moving that forward and you know you you look at your list of goals and think oh that's not going to get met and that's not and you could allow yourself to slip and it's really good to find that positive thing for that day so that's a really good tip yeah, and, yeah. and I think that that's a really good tip for all of us post-covid or pre-covid because running a business is not always amazing it is not always plain sailing it is not always brilliant you know? no no exactly and what i find the most interesting thing i, I remember this from the book and I, when i go back and look at the book that was 2017 so it's it's a while ago now it's almost exactly three years ago actually about this about this time and I think how much has changed in my working life since then. But the one thing that hasn't changed is that just when you think you've got it sorted, <laughs> something else comes up. <laughs> you, <out. laughs> you think, oh, I've got this down now. I can't. You know, my first one, I remember going to my first ever networking meeting and saying, hello, I'm Kathy, I'm a virtual assistant. You know, I think I had half a client at that point and I felt like such a fraud. And, you know, getting into that meeting was horrific. Now I don't even think about that. But there's seven other things that I find terrifying, you know, having to have an awkward conversation with a client about the end of a contract or mm. managing a team. You know, I'm really lucky. My team are absolutely amazing. But at various points, I've had issues with other people in the team that I've had to manage or manage with a client. Nobody likes having those conversations and they don't get easier. And mm. so there's always something new to learn and uh something equally terrifying that's gonna happen yeah, that's, um that's what i've learned in the last three years it's thinking i'd uh, got it sorted oh my other my other whiteboard favorite at the moment is as well as my gratitudes and my things i'm proud of myself for uh, eating fruit being quite high on my list at the minute um i've got uh pay it forward kindness 
tick box. So every day I have to do something nice for somebody, whatever that might be. Um, could be somebody I've never met, could be somebody I know, um, sending a card, picking up the phone. Um, today's one, I um, sent a Facebook message. I did, a, did an aerobics class last night and I sent a message to the, the organiser of that just saying thank you, it really cheered me up, I really enjoyed it. Um, so just something yeah, yeah. out of yourself and, and makes you think about what somebody else might appreciate. That's really nice. I'm part of a trainer community and um, Sharon, who leads the community on a Friday afternoon, at some point on Friday, late Friday, um, there's a post goes into the group, what's been brilliant or great or amazing about your week? Yeah. Because exactly as you've both said, we don't appreciate the good things we've done or what we've achieved. And it's kind of that idea of, I had this very long list of things. And when you get to the end of the day, all you, <laughs> all you, uh, all you can focus on is the things you didn't do, rather than actually, I did this and I got that and I spoke to this person and yeah. that was brilliant. So I think that's a, a top tip is to, to be grateful and focus. So I, uh, I'm very conscious of the time being as yep. we're talking a lot about time. <laughs> and, uh, and I just want to thank you ever so much, Cathy, for agreeing to come on. It's been fascinating. And um, is there anything else that you want to tell our listeners? Well, it depends when this goes out, but I would say um, productivity, a lot of it is about how you how you think rather than what you achieve. So you can be completely productive for having spent the day watching Netflix, as long as that's what you set out to achieve when you woke up in the morning. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? Even before COVID, there was nothing wrong with saying, I need a chill out day, I'm going to sit and watch Netflix for the day. It's all about setting your intentions for the day. If you plan to do six other things and you instead sat and watch Netflix, not so much. But so I would say, plan for the day, be realistic, and don't have a cat, actually. <laughs> if you're listening to this rather than watching, my cat's tail has been swishing in front of the camera for the last hour, and it's quite distracting, I tell you. Male or female cat? Uh, a male cat. He's, well, he's, he's a little aged. He's now a post-it stuck to his tail. He's very, very cute. Oh, has he got a post-it stuck to it? Yes, see? It's just a stationary cat. Stationary cat, absolutely. Stationary cat. However, we have not had Mabel grace our company, so we, there are so small mercies, Kathy. There are. She's still under the desk, fast asleep. Wonders will never cease. Well, <laughs> She's well, behaved. Well, once again, thank you very much for joining us, and um, hopefully, we'll have you back again at some point, maybe in another second season. That would be great. Thank you so much, ladies. Lovely to talk to you. Thank you. Yeah. Wasn't that a great chat with Kathy Jo? Uh, yeah, I, I've known Kathy um, oh a, quite a long time, um, both on the VA sort of circuit and also um, through networking where we've sort of crossed paths on a reasonably regular basis. So um, yeah, she's she's absolutely brilliant and so inspirational with her tips on planning and managing time. Yeah, I love her diary that she blocks her day out. And she says she does that at the end of the day before she leaves her desk. She plans out what's on the agenda for tomorrow, which I think is a very sound 
way of managing your yeah. time. So on the, um, as we want to talk about time management in our app or tip of the week, um, I don't actually use a time management uh, app because I'm not working necessarily for other people and I don't need to account for my time. My time is my own. And I just use my time to create my training and do my own learning and marketing and all the other stuff that goes with running a business. So what do you use as a VA who works for lots of clients, Joe? What is it that you use to track your time? And, and then how do you account for that time to your clients? So um, where I am billing hourly, I use a tool called My Hours. And um, I'm able to set up the client, set up a specific project, because I might have two or three projects going on for the same client. And then underneath that, I will um, put the different tasks. And then when I start work for that client, I log into my hours, click onto the specific task, and then start the clock. Continue, that sits in the background. I continue working, I stop the task, I click on the button, and then I submit it. And it sits there in the record. At the end of the month, when I invoice the client, I'm able to pull off an extract which produces a timesheet and that timesheet then tells the client which task I've worked on, how many hours or minutes and then how much I charge them per hour and then a total and that is that forms the basis of what I invoice them for. Okay so it doesn't send your invoice out as well does it? It can do um, but because I use a different accounting package, um, I choose to do it that way. So what I do is I extract the timesheet, attach it to the invoice in my accounting package, and it goes off like that. The other thing I use my hours for is if I am working on a set project, which is a fixed price piece of work, so let's just say I've been asked to create a landing page. I might create myself a, an entry in my hours and I time myself. And the reason I do that is because I need to know yeah. whether my quote of £100 or £50 or whatever I've quoted is actually covering the amount of time I'm spending and all of those other sort of additional supplementary costs that might come into that piece of work. So if, for instance, I quote £100 for a job and then it's taking me eight hours, well, actually, I've virtually worked for nothing. Yeah. But you can't see that unless you're measuring it. So that's the other way I use my hours. And it helps me then... Next time I'm quoting for a job, I can say, OK, so in my hours... I did that amount of time on that job last time. And then I know and can quote accordingly in the future. That's brilliant. I used to teach Microsoft Project and project management. And one of the things that um, you get project managers who are in the training room saying, when you're putting your tasks and building your Gantt sheet and your relationship, relational tasks, is how long does something take? And often they're guessing. And one yeah. of the great things about creating a project plan is that when the project is finished, you've got something to look back on to yes. know 
how long it's going to take. Now, not every project or every task is going to be exactly the same. Yeah. Um, but if you know it took you three hours to build that landing page last time, yes. there's no point quoting the equivalent of two hours work because yes. you know, it's, yeah. it, it doesn't pay. So I think that's, that sounds like a great app. Does it integrate um, with your, it, obviously if it integrated with your invoicing package, you would yeah. have done that because I know you're a systems person. Yeah. Um, so, so it presumably doesn't integrate. It, it do, this one doesn't integrate, um, but it was one of the ones that I picked up when I first started out and was bootstrapping. Yeah. Um, it was it was a free offer, uh, so I used it, um, and I've just not got out of the habit of changing that way. Um, and I very rarely do hourly paid. Yeah. pieces of work I do a lot more project work so for me it, the, the need to have a, a fully integrated option isn't as important because I'm more or less doing the timing for me because I do a lot more fixed rate yeah one-off or project or ongoing jobs where I've got for example a set job that I do every month at a fixed price mm -hmm. and I operate like that a lot more than you know hourly rates or retainers yeah yeah i think it just depends on what kind yeah. of work you're doing doesn't it um, i have a my va on a retainer for so many hours a month um and the tasks i give her vary yeah and um but if i needed i've also gone to other vas to do a fixed job where she hasn't had the skill set or the yes. knowledge all the time Yes. to devote to the jobs that I've wanted doing. Yeah. So I totally get that. And I think it's horses for courses. It's, it's going to be a very individual choice, isn't it? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. There are, there are lots and lots of tools out there that can do what my hours does. Some of them will integrate with finance packages. Some will integrate with other packages. And some are packages where you create your timesheet and you can create your invoice and send it from the system. If that's what works for you, um, then that's the right thing to do. Um, you know, it, it totally depends. We, we all run individual businesses. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the beauty of being a remote worker. You can do exactly what you're comfortable with, the things yeah. that make you joyful, because if you're not yeah. joyful when you're working, what's the point? And, exactly. Um, yeah, it, there has to be joy. You know that Marie Kondo. Does this give me joy? Yes, yeah, it does. It, it has to give you joy, and also you have to be confident that what it's doing for you is going to satisfy the reporting requirements that you agree with the client. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's been a great episode today, and. Yes. Um, and I think we're, it's time for us to close. So yes. listeners, um, just want to say thank you for listening once again. I hope you're getting value from the podcast. We're certainly having fun. And um, you can contact us. Contact me, Shelley at tomorrowsva.com. Contact Joe, joe at jlbsolutions.co.uk. You, um, you can email either of us. All the contact details are on the podcast webpage. And you can also contact us via our Facebook page at Virtually Amazing. We look forward to next week's episode. 
and I'm not going to tell you who it is because if I'm absolutely honest, I can't remember right now. But <laughs> it's going to be a cracker because all our guests so far have just been amazing. Bye for now. You've been listening to Virtually Amazing, the podcast for virtual assistants with Shelley Fischel and Joe Brianti. We look forward to seeing you or hearing you or you hearing us in the next episode, which is coming very soon.